Don't blame USC for getting sick of financially carrying their entire conference. In fact, I'm getting a little sick of carrying this network. Ebo in the morning and Billy Michaels just riding my coattails. It's ridiculous. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. mistake last night i've been paying for it all day i I regret it i didn't watch better call Saul last night i I don't know what i was doing i don't know what i was thinking last night but but i've been paying for it all day because i gotta step on pins and needles around the office everybody's talking about it had two co-workers earlier just chatting about it around the corner i I removed myself from the premises it's my fault i didn't watch it You you don't expect everyone to just keep a pin in it because of me I've been walking around on pins and needles on Twitter. I've been speed scrolling. So at any point I, I come across on the timeline, something that looks like a better call Saul thing, I just, just whip it past. Speed scroll. So I don't want to see anything I'm not supposed to. No spoilers. Nothing like that. Better call Saul came back last night, and I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to watch Summer League. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consume as much Summer League as possible. I watched like four or five games. Uh, and then I'm going to read a little bit about the Brewers, and I'm going to consume as much sports content as possible. That was my goal last night because I had some family in town this weekend and I didn't watch as much of the Brewers as I would have liked. Didn't watch enough sports this weekend. And I'm in for Bill all week with Ben Kenny. So I got to be, you know, packed to the gills with things to say. Six hours of live radio every day. So last night I made the executive decision to not watch the Better Call Saul. I'm going to watch it tonight. Uh, And it was a huge mistake and I've been paying for it all day. I don't think anything that I did last night helped me on Bill's show today other than maybe some Mamu highlights from the Bucks game against the Celtics last night. Sandrew Mamu, Mamu Kelashvili. So I guess that was nice, but uh, I'm regretting not watching Better Call Saul. In fact, if I could leave work right now and go home and watch it without doing any more of this show, I think I would. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Love this show. I would never, never miss any of it. Absolutely not. They're going to have to lock me in here. Or they're going to have to, what would the expression be? Yeah, they're going to have to, whatever. They're going to have to force me to go home. That's the expression. It's been a long day. It was in for Bill earlier today. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I am kidding. I'm very excited for tonight's show. Uh, Coming up at 4.30, I want to play you a couple of clips from a conversation that Ben uh, Ben and I had with Asher Lowe earlier today, who's at Summer League. So he was there to watch a little bit of the Bucks, which is fine. We could talk about Marjan Bochamp and Mamu, I guess. He also gave us a little bit of a rundown on Johnny Davis, which I found to be a little bit more interesting. That's the thing about Summer League. I'm never excited to watch the Bucks in Summer League. I'm always excited to watch other teams. And last night I was pissed because Paolo Banchero or Bancaro or however you say it, didn't play against Chet Holmgren. The Magic shut him down. We've seen all we need to see from him. Well, he's the number one pick. Oh, he's good. Shocker. Can you let him play, please? I mean, it's not like I bought tickets to watch, but I I did make plans to watch Summer League last night. I was robbed of watching the number one and number two overall pick battle in some random gym in in Las Vegas. So I was pissed about that. We talked about all that with Asher Lowe earlier today on the Bill Michael Show. Uh, Ben's buddy on the Badgers beat. Uh, and obviously a huge NBA guy, just a big hoops guy. So we'll talk with him or you'll hear a conversation that we had with him at 430. At 530, David is going to be here. And, uh, you know, David and I, we see eye to eye on 
on many things. Not exactly eye to eye because he's six eight. He's much taller than me, so not uh, literally eye to eye. But um, when it comes to content, when it comes to Bruce topics, I think we're on, on the same page. We're in the same boat a lot. I don't think today will be one of those days. We're going to talk about prospects and what the Brewers could or should give up in any potential trade before the deadline. Might get ugly, folks. Gloves might come off. So, David Gasper, coming up at 530. I've already selected my random brewer to mention to him, and it is, uh, it's a political choice because I'm using my random brewer to make a point uh, about my, my thoughts about the upcoming trade deadline. So, that's coming up at 430. David Gasper from Reviewing the Brew will be here. Give me a call or a text, 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter if you're on Twitter, at Wisco. Grant. I did watch Summer League last night. A couple comments really quickly before we get into the Brewers. Mamu looked awesome. Looked confident. Looked collected. Looked like he was having fun. You know, a lot of rookies in Summer League, it's not their first NBA game per se, but it's their first game as a member of an NBA team. Even if it's scrimmage, and even if it's in Vegas, and even if it's with a bunch of other lesser or equal players... It's still the first NBA experience for a lot of these guys. And rookies don't always look great. Second-year guys, even third-year guys don't always look great. And it was really nice to see Mamu last night, not necessarily controlling the game, but look really comfortable and doing all sorts of things, right? Scoring, shooting, but finishing around the hoop. He had a thunderous dunk with about, I don't know, 15 seconds left. It was a, a huge crunch time possession. Took it to the rack and just packed it. Really fun to watch. Threw around some great flashy passes as well. So it was fun to watch Mamu. I don't have much to say about Bochamp other than he got up and down the floor really fast. He was flying around, made some plays out of the dunker spot, hit a couple of shots too. Whatever. Nice little Marjan Bochamp game. It was fun to watch. Um, Weird finish. The refs just putting on a performance, calling as many offensive fouls as they could, going to the review table as many times as they could. At one point, they just awarded the Celtics two points. Uh, Nobody still really knows why. I don't know why they did. They They just changed the score. Coming out of review uh, with a couple of seconds to go. So that was interesting. Uh, And then the game winner was hit by Matt Ryan, who is a basketball player, I guess. Uh, And it was the most elementary school, last second, three-point heave you could imagine. Of course, it goes in. Of course, it banks. And, of course, he comes down on his ankle and appears to really hurt it. So while everyone in the gym is going nuts, he's writhing on the floor in pain. And I'm wondering what the hell I just did with the last two hours of my life. Why am I watching this? I'm not even going to talk about it on the show tomorrow because I have nothing to really add other than Mamu looked good, which he did. Right. Every time I watch Summer League, I'm reminded of a couple of summers ago. And maybe you'll remember this. Right. Remember when DJ Wilson was basically on his last go around in Summer League? And we, we basically told ourselves, well, you know, this is a couple of times now in Summer League for DJ Wilson. He's going to look pretty good. He's going to run the Summer League. He's going to put up some numbers. And he sucked. <laughs> he was he was so bad. And we're, and we're thinking, oh, boy, if this dude can't even look confident in year three of the Summer League, uh, I don't know if that bodes well for his career. And it did not bode well for his career, as his career is poor. I think he just signed a low-level deal in Toronto? Sounds right, right? I saw he signed somewhere the other day. It was a red team. That's all I can remember. I think it was Toronto. I think it was the Raptors. So uh, if, some, if Summer League was any indication of how DJ Wilson's career was going to go. Maybe we can take some enthusiasm and have some positive takeaways from what Mamu did. Really, if Mamu could play some backup center minutes 
some third-tier center minutes behind Brooke Lopez and some Giannis and some Serge Ibaka, if he can just eat some regular season minutes at center here and there, that would be great. He doesn't even have to be amazing if he can be out there and be a competent player at the center position just to take some stress off of Giannis and to take some stress off of Brooke Lopez. Uh, that would be great. I was really pissed last night, side note, that the Magic shut down Paolo Banchero. Banchero, it said all sorts of different ways. The number one overall pick from Duke. The Magic shut him down. We were supposed to get number one overall pick Bancaro versus number two overall pick Chet Holmgren last night. Uh, we were supposed to get Magic and Thunder, and the Magic shut Paolo down because they'd seen enough, which is so, so stupid. You know, I, I get it's kind of a boomer thing to complain about load management and guys sitting out with rest, and I, it's summer league. Get him out there. What's going to happen? Well, he might get hurt. Yeah, he might get hurt on opening night, too. There's 82 regular season games in the NBA season. Let's not pretend like all of those are of the utmost importance. Are we only going to play Bancaro in 15 to 20 games against really good high-level competition this year because those are the only games that matter? No, of course not. So why are we treating him with kid gloves at the Summer League? And the worst thing about this is I think that the Orlando Magic front office like took some sick sense of twisted satisfaction in pulling them out of this game. Like, I, I just imagine them in their boardroom. <laughs> These summer league games, they, they don't mean anything. So let's, let's, let's shut down Palo. Well, I know ESPN's got a, got a primetime slot ready because Chet and Palo are going to play number one, number two overall pick. And, and would it just be kind of funny if we just, if we just took that away? <laughs> People are making plans to watch this and we're going to ruin it. Oh, <laughs> we suck. Screw you. Oh, that made me, I, it, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. It's 4 p.m. the next day, and I'm still thinking about how frustrating that is. Hate that. Uh, so that was talking Summer League. I spent about three and a half hours watching Summer League last night and did not watch the Better Call Saul episode that came back because I thought I needed to watch it for the show today, and it took all of uh, five minutes. All right, let's shift to this. Yeah, let's talk Brewers. Uh, a lot of Brewers takes getting thrown around yesterday. And today, and really all week, I noticed a shift on Monday. Because I listen to as much sports talk as anyone, right? I'm always listening to different shows. So not only do I hear the opinions of the callers that call this show, but of other morning shows around the state, national shows. I get to hear all these opinions. That's why I like sports radio. It's a big thermometer for what people are thinking about certain teams and certain athletes. There's definitely a shift on Monday. Topics were put on the table as of this week that were not previously on the table. Whether it be trading for this, trading for that, trading away this, trading away that. Josh Hader's name has been bandied about, and I want to tread really lightly on that because I just don't really want to go there. I don't want to be the show that spends two hours on whether or not Josh Hader should be traded. Doesn't really interest me. A lot of bad karma in that topic. A lot of bad. I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that curses your franchise. If you sneaky out of nowhere trade away Josh Hader when all of your fans think you're trying to contend, that's mm, that's some black cloud of doom stuff that doesn't go away. That, that's I'm I'm not about that. So we're gonna try to mention Josh Hader as a topic in these roundabout ways, but I'm not I'm not going there. My point is, a lot of Brewers takes are getting thrown around, trading for a bat. Trading for an arm, a reliever, a starter, a power lefty, a power righty, improving the defense, right? Getting another star, whatever it might be, or even trading Josh Hader. There's this weird contingent of Brewer fans that's growing larger and growing more vocal about how we should trade Josh Hader now. Again, I don't really want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. 
We can talk about whatever Brewers topic you want to talk about. If you want to call in and you're the reason why we're talking about Josh Hader, like David Middleton called the Bill Michaels show today. If David Middleton calls me up and is like, Grant, I think we should trade Josh Hader. Okay, I'll do that dance with him, but I'm not going to lead. I'm going to follow, okay? I There's some weird karma stuff with the Josh Hader. I, I don't want to go there. So if you want to call up and tell me they should trade Hader, fine. Or if you want to talk a trade for a bat or a starter or a lever, I'll have all these conversations with you. Everything's on the table. Here's my caveat to every Brewers topic we touched tonight and for the rest of the week and really until the trade deadline, until something drastically changes. Not they lose two of three to the Pirates next week. That doesn't count. I'm talking about they lose eight of 10, 11 of 15. Everybody gets hurt. It's something crazy. Until something crazy happens, here is my caveat, my response, my disclaimer to every topic and take that's thrown out onto the show. If you call me and say, Grant, the Brewers should do this, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, does it get you closer to winning a World Series this year and next year? Look at the next two years. Is what you're suggesting we do getting us closer to winning a World Series this year and next year? Yes or no? Yes or no? Every move has to be a yes. I am not doing something that gets us farther from a World Series this season, even if it gets gets us closer next year. Mm-mm, no, I'm going to get closer this year, and then we're going to get even closer next year. We are on an upward trajectory now until Josh Hader and Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, whoever, we're on an upward trajectory until those guys aren't on the team anymore. Until the end of this era, whatever that looks like, until some of these guys start to leave in free agency, until until this era of the team is over, I am not stepping back one inch from contending for a World Series. The Brewers, and I don't want to be this guy. I'm a huge Brewer fan. I hate to bang this drum this week. The Brewers have historically been a dumpster fire organization, a poverty team that has barely been relevant and barely been a contender. They went 26 years without making the playoffs. They've been to a World Series once. Folks, the Minnesota Vikings have been to a Super Bowl four times. They've never won one, and we love to make fun of them for it, and it is fun. Don't get me wrong. The Brewers have been to one World Series. It's 40 years later, and we're still celebrating that team. We still talk about that team. We threw a parade for that team. The Brewers are not a perennial contender. They're not even a respectable franchise in the eyes of most people who live around the country. They're an afterthought because they've sucked for most of their lifetime. Okay? The idea that the Brewers have this starting rotation and this closer on the back end of their bullpen and Devin Williams and a lot of very good bats in the lineup. The idea that I'm going to punt on this year and sell on this year to be better in the future, BS. Absolutely not. There's no way in hell. Because I know six years from now, this team's going to be losing 100 games, and I'm going to be thinking, why did we mess around in 2022? We had a chance. That team was good. They stood pat at the trade deadline, or they sold at the trade deadline, and it's a crime. So whatever we talk about today, and I think, you know, we had so many calls yesterday, and I bet we'll get a bunch today, too. We're talking about adding a starting pitcher or a bat or trading away anyone who's on this roster. I'll hear you. I'll talk to you about anything. But if it does not directly help the Brewers win a World Series this year and next year, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I I don't care about four years from now. I don't care about three years from now. I don't care about six or ten years from now. I don't care. The Brewers have been garbage for 90% of my lifetime. 
The idea that I'm going to let two years where everyone's still under team control go by because I want to uh, build for the future and sustain success and don't fall off a cliff. This Brewers team has done nothing but fall off a cliff for their entire existence. It's nothing new. This is the time. This is the window. So anything that we do, we're going to do in the best interest of winning this year and next. Everything's got to start and end there. So coming up next, I will take your texts and calls. I'd love to do that. 608-796-2558, Twitter at Wisco Grant. Let's talk more Brewers coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show, things are looking up for our Brewers. Hunter Renfro is back in the lineup tonight, which makes this team just about healthy. Oh, and there goes Christian Yelich. Scratched with back tightness. Back. Back. Great. Just great. So the new lineup is Wong in the leadoff spot. Adamas, Telez, McCutcheon, Narvaez, Urias, Peterson, Renfro, Davis, and Alexander. I saw some Brewers fans upset on Twitter that Renfro, quote-unquote, one of their best hitters, is hitting eighth. I, I just don't know what you psychos want. I'm so, I'm so sick. I'm so sick of this. Brewers are struggling to win games against the Pirates and the Cubs. So what does Craig Council do? He tries something else. And we hate it because, of course, we do. Because we hate everything. Because this fan base is miserable because they've never won a World Series. And yet, I'm the psycho for wanting every move to be about a World Series. No, got to keep the prospects. Okay, stay miserable the rest of your life. I, what, do you, what do you want? Can't help. Oh, I can't help people that don't want to be helped. And I can't talk about a team that's fans don't want the team talked about positively. I don't know if that was grammatically correct, but you get my point. My God, Brewers fans. I need a minute. I need a minute. Hey, it sure was fun filling in with Ben Kenny on the Bill Michaels show today. Talked to some really nice callers. Spoke with Asher Lowe, Ben's buddy from the Badgers Wire and Lockdown Badgers. I always love hopping in a Twitter space with Ben and Asher. I always learn something when they talk about college sports, talk about the Badgers. Uh, I'm going to replay for you a portion of our conversation we had with Asher earlier today. Talked about what he is seeing at Summer League. Uh, including Johnny Davis and including the Bucks, uh, a new goal that we're going to manifest on this show. And when I say we, it's it's mostly me, but it's a team effort. I am going to go to Summer League next year. You might be thinking, Grant, you don't have the funds for that. Uh, you are, trust me, you're very right. I don't. But by next year at this time, I will. Uh, and in order to manifest this into the universe, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to stick it on the wall. Grant, we are going to Summer League next year, and you're going to do this show from a hotel room. And we're going to be talking about the reigning World Series champion, Milwaukee Brewers, trying to go back-to-back while we're watching Marjan Bochamp absolutely light it up in the Summer League. And by light it up, I mean look fly on the bench because he's going to be so good as a rookie, he's not even going to need to play next year. Uh, Again, just putting positive energy out into the universe. It feels really nice. Brewers fans, you should try it once in a while. 608 Seven nine six two five five eight. Give me a call. Anything you have to say about the Brewers? Here's what I'm going to respond to. Anything you call in, if you say Grant, we should trade for this person. Grant, we should trade away this person. Grant, we need offense. Grant, we need defense. Grant, we need pitching, whether it be relief or starting pitching. I'm going to say thank you for this suggestion. 
Does that get us closer to winning a World Series this year? Yes or no? Does it get us closer to winning a World Series next year? Yes or no? If the answer isn't yes and at the very least no impact next year, then I don't want to hear it. I don't want to do any move this year that gets us farther away from winning a World Series in 2022, and I don't want to make a move that prohibits us or gets us further away from making a move next year. So if we make a trade for a guy who is a rental for the next couple of months, gets us closer this year, boom, love that. Okay, so he walks in free agency. It doesn't keep us from trying to win a World Series next year. Boom, that's fine. Do you get my my arithmetic here? This isn't hard to understand. It's got to help us get closer to a World Series this year and also not prevent us from winning a World Series next year. That's that's my response to everything. And I feel like all Brewers fans should be on the same page. Brewers, they've been an irrelevant franchise for 90% of their existence. And here we are in the catbird seat. Great starting rotation, great back end of the bullpen. Now, we need a couple pieces, don't get me wrong, but we're close. And any step backwards is a step I don't want to take. 608-796-2558. Binks on French Island. Hello, Binks. How are you? Hey, good, good, good. Hate to keep bothering you. Um, no. I needed to try to try to equate um, a little bit about what Evo and Rowdy were talking about. I believe it was yesterday. Uh is this the closest that they're going to get because of how much the Brewers don't have control over some of the players? Um, they have Rowdy Teles through 2024. They have uh, Burns through 2023 or four uh, Woodruff, and they cited some players, and it doesn't seem – it doesn't look good after 2024. Is this it the next two years? Do you agree? And I don't know how much of their show you listen to. I I did hear uh, when I got in my car from work that you hear a lot of sports talk, and I don't know if you get up early in the morning and, and listen to them. Uh, do you follow what they're saying? Um, with And do you follow what I'm saying trying to – um, regurgitate their question. Yeah, so the next two years, let's get this very clear. I think the Brewers have a window for the next two years, and it has nothing to do with the contract of Rowdy Telez or Adamas or any of these guys. The next two-year window is only because of Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, Hader, Williams, right? That's the core. David Stearns can find another Rowdy Telez. I, I And I like Rowdy, and he's been really good this year, but if you have that group of starting pitching and that back end of the bullpen... You can go find guys on one or two-year deals to keep going, right? This bus is going to eventually stop because they can't keep all of the starting pitching and Josh Hader and Devin Williams. That's the window, right? right? And I don't really think it has anything to do with the position players, even Yelich. I know he's here for a while, but when he's playing like this, he's, you know, I'm not going to say replacement level, but he's not going to keep this team a championship team if they lose a bunch of good starters. And it has nothing to do with prospects, right? Like keeping Garrett Mitchell... Jackson Churio, whoever, keeping them so they can come up in four years and keep this thing. No, no, no. It won't keep going because it's all based on the pitching. That's how this window is defined. Right. So you agree with him that there's just a two-year window. Then. Yes. And, okay, all right. And, and and I agree, too. And to answer your question, um, is it going to make some trades? It 
it to make or break it, yeah, it's um, going to take some trades. But this, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, looking to give away. I'm I, looking to give away pieces of the future to win this year and next year. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Okay, man. You uh, and uh, I got to tweet you a picture later tonight. It had the. Uh, uh, there is Wi-Fi on the island, and I'll tweet you a picture <laughs> later tonight, okay? Please do. And by the way, before the show started, I went for a little walk, Binksy. It's beautiful outside. I can only imagine what it feels like on the island right now. I'd love to fire up some Buffett and drink some lemonade and out in your neck of the woods on an evening like tonight. Oh, You are welcome anytime. <laughs> you are welcome out there anytime, buddy. So I'll, uh, i i got to find a way to get you my... Uh, get you my residence and I'll, I'll, I'll have some land shark in the fridge for you. Oh, I love my land shark logger. All right, Binks. We'll talk soon. Thanks for the call. All right. Have a good one. That's Binks on French Island. Oh, I love land shark logger. Rock and Rick. Here's a good suggestion. He says, let's outscore our opponents. Boom. That's beautiful. I mean, that's how you win a world series right there. Yeah. Binks. I, I think the next two year window is all about the pitching. And I didn't hear Ebo and Rowdy in the show you're talking about this morning. I, I didn't hear them talk about this. Although I was on with them at 740. It was very early. It feels like it was three days ago. Um, I know the window is two years because that's the window for this starting rotation and this back end of the bullpen. That's what's keeping this team going. David Stearns can find another Rowdy Telez. He can trade for another Willie Adamas. I mean, we can find another guy to hit 190 and hit 16 meaningless home runs. And I know that's a little reductive for Willie Adamas, but you know my you know my point, right? You can always find a Hunter Renfro. You can always sign an Avi Garcia. You know, you can always call up a Jonathan Davis. These guys exist, okay? They have three catchers. There's a point that they can... You can find catchers because they found three of them this year, all right, with Narvaez and Caratini and Severino. It's about the pitching. That's what defines this window. And that's not pitching that they're just going to stumble upon a year or two from now. That's why they need to do this now and they need to do this next season. And I'm not taking a step that gets me any farther away from contending than I am right now. Daryl is here, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? Well, number one, I saw that yesterday the Brewers made uh, moves in the minor leagues. Uh, moving three catchers around as far as it goes. Yes. But they also, they also, of all things, let go of David Dahl, who is an outfielder, who could have, and I would say this could have, because he hits better than Jonathan Davis and plays as adequate a defense as Jonathan Davis, could have had him on the roster instead of letting him go. And I think that's because he's a veteran and because the fact of the matter is the Brewers aren't in it to win it. That's my honest opinion. They aren't in it to win it. And I'll go one step further. Last night's basketball game was a great game. It was. Except for the scorekeepers don't know, don't know what, who make what baskets. What was that? I've I mean, never seen anything like that before. Like, sometimes, Daryl, you have the announce Like, they're, they're reviewing whether someone's toe was on the three-point line. So it could be three points, could be two points. They just changed the score out of nowhere. No, nobody knew what was going on, and then all of a sudden the score flipped. I know. That's, my whole point was... They did it more than once during the game. And the uh, fact of the matter is they didn't get it straight the first time or the second time. So who knows what, as far as it goes, my, my, my whole point, yeah, the point is is that it changes the way you play the game, especially at the times that those happen. Okay? It takes away, you know, the guys are playing their heart out. You could tell last night they were playing their heart out for this game. But the point is is that 
it changes the way you think about this game as far as how you coach it, how you try to teach these guys how to play better, yeah. uh, how to teach situational basketball, all that kind of stuff. And as a result, I actually think the referees did a disservice to that game as well. And the scorekeeping, the, uh, the biggest excuse I hear is that um, everybody has to get their act together. Well, I hate to say this, they had 22 games to play done so far during this process. Mm-hmm. They could, you can't tell me that the scorekeepers have screwed this up in every game. I love so the, uh, the announcers kept saying last night, these young men deserve better than this. And I know it's a meaningless exactly. game, but I, but I kind of agreed. I'm like, what are we doing here? This is a good game down the stretch, and we keep changing the score. One more thing I wanted to throw in because of the Bucks game, the way they played last night. Yep. Uh, Mamo is, 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 I think, starting to look like he's for real. But I think that they made a mistake in having offered a two-way contract for A.J. Green. I think Winnington uh, or that Luca, whatever his name is, I can't even, can't even pronounce it. Vildoza. Um, yeah. They would be they would be better off with that one of those two players as far as it goes, having the the two way contract. Every time I have seen I've seen both games so far, and I have seen Green, he doesn't impress me. He doesn't impress me as far as uh, the ability to shoot the basketball, and honestly. He needs more more seasoning as far as it goes playing in the G League and let let somebody else grab him if, if he ever develops. Personally, I don't think he's a buck. Yeah. I think he. I don't even think. He, I don't think he's good enough to be the Timberwolves. And that's a that's a <laughs> huge, huge thought in this matter. So uh, honestly, you know, I mean, to say what I say of this is, I've seen him play and I, I, I'm not impressed. Yeah. I'm not. Boston had better player better players in various ways than Green will turn out to be at the rate he's going. Yeah, I, I don't so, know. I'm, I'm in my car, by the way, in case you're trying to figure out why I'm speaking away. <laughs> no, you're all good, and I appreciate the call, Daryl. i got to take a break. The A.J. Green erasure, the UNI guy, um, it is important to remember most of these guys are never going to play. Um, A.J. Green actually got a shout-out today by our, uh, our guy, Asher Lowe, who's on the Bill Michaels show. I want to play some of that for you. Coming up next, he gave us a Jonathan Davis report. Uh, he talked to us a little bit about, yeah, the Bucks game. He was there last night. Um, I watched. If you watched, it, maybe you felt like I did at the end where you're like, okay, um, did I need to watch that? Like, I probably could have just looked at the stats. Oh, Mamu had a great game. That's good news. Um, and Mamu did have a good game. I don't know that I needed to watch to understand what went down. And the last 60 seconds was a total mess, uh, as Daryl outlined really well. Let's take a break. Give me a tweet, 608-796-2558. That was the phone number. Nice. Give me a tweet, at Wisco Grant, and you can text and call, too. If you want to keep talking Brewers, going to get a little bit of basketball analysis from Asher Lowe coming up next. We'll talk plenty of Brewers uh, before the show is done. Don't worry. Wisco Sports Show back in a few minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Love that Daryl gave us a call to talk about Summer League. I just wouldn't take Daryl for a Summer League guy. I don't know why. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's just how his calls sound. Just loud. He's yelling. 
does not sound like the voice and the presentation of someone who sounds like they'd be grinding summer league games every night. And I love that he is. I love his takes. AJ Green. We don't need to lose that much sleep over AJ Green. He was just a really good shooter at UNI. The Bucks are like, all right, whatever, we'll try it. After all, isn't that what Bucks fans were saying? When the Bucks took Bochamp, everyone was bad. Oh, you need guys who shoot. You took the one guy that can't shoot. Well, that's why they got AJ Green. That's why they do some of these other things. Sports, they're just annoying me this week. I feel like we're always looking for something to be upset about. And I'm not talking specifically about Daryl here. This is more of a, a Brewers thing that's driving me nuts. My name is Grant Bills. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text and call the show, 608-796-2558. As in for Bill Michaels with Ben Kenny earlier today, and we had the privilege, the pleasure, of speaking with his buddy Asher Lowe, who's on the Badger Wire. Maybe you follow him on Twitter. If you don't, you should. He's also a big NBA guy as well, and he's out at Summer League. He was at the Bucks game last night, and we asked him, hey, what did you see from the Bucks specifically Marjan Bochamp? Yeah, I, I like what I've seen overall from Marjan. I think that uh, the development curve is pretty clear. Like, if we get him to a place where at all three levels he feels comfortable scoring. If the jumper is going from the median and if the jumper is going from three, I think the offense makes sense. I think, like, the physical makeup, as big as he is, and he looks big in person, um, you know, he looks all of what he's listed. Uh, I think that the, the defensive tools can be there. Um, he's a plus wingspan guy. Uh, he can guard, you know, probably one through three pretty comfortably. In the NBA, you know, he'll get kind of torched by the quick guards on switches, I think, a little bit, but... Um, I've overall felt pretty comfortable about him. Mamo looks really good, man. He's an amazing passer. He's like two for two really cool left-hand, one-hand skip, just whip passes to the corner every game. Um, and he's actually scoring at the rim pretty decently. That was kind of my worry with him. Uh, he's not an overwhelming athlete. He's not overwhelmingly big. Can he, you know, and he's such a good touch guy, but that sometimes doesn't matter when you're going up against NBA guys. And, this is, I will say, the kind of setting where that kind of thing is hard to judge because he's going up against, you know, six nine, not as athletic things versus once he gets to the NBA level, different story there. So that can kind of be a grain of salt thing, but he is finishing pretty well at the rim. His passing was really cool. Luka Wildoza kind of uh, dribbled himself into trouble. All in the first game I watched, it was uh, sort of just the Wildoza show. As, as they say in summer league, and he was trying to get his game off. And uh, it didn't work out so well. But in game two, I thought he was a little bit more composed. He still loves uh, a classic European uh, behind-the-back flip pass for no reason once in a while. Uh, he definitely got some flash there, some international flash. But um, I thought he looked a little more comfortable in game two because he, he's the point guard. He's running the show right now for that Bucks summer league team. A.J. Green was wetting in the first game, one of my favorite shooters in this class out of Northern Iowa. He was taken over by 12 points in like two minutes. So it's been... It's been a fun little ride for the Bucks. Darren and Asher having some conflicting takes on AJ Green. I, we're having AJ Green discourse on this show. We have enough people who are talking and thinking about AJ Green where we have differing opinions on AJ Green. If you'd have told me that in 2018 when this show started, I would have said, "Wow, show's going, show's show's going places in a couple of years." Look at us. This is Asher Lowe. You can find him on Twitter. At Asher Lowe, which is easy to spell. I just want to make sure there's not an underscore or something if you really, yeah. Oh, A Lowe underscore 33. But if you look up Asher Lowe, uh, it'll come up. He's done podcasts, a lot of Twitter spaces with Ben. Always a good time. Always learn something from those two. Um, another thing we talked about, Mamu, who had a great game last night. I liked to watch Mamu. And basically, I asked Asher, 
Could he eat some backup center minutes during the regular season? Doesn't mean he needs to play in the playoffs. Doesn't mean he plays in big games. But when they're maneuvering their way through 82 regular season games, can we take some pressure off of Brooke Lopez, some Giannis at center minutes, some pressure off Serge Ibaka, who's old? Is Mamu an option for that? I think so. Uh, I think the offense is good enough to where uh, the defensive questions, when you just throw him and spread pick and rolls against you know really dangerous bigs, uh, I think the offense is good enough to kind of just quiet some of those questions. Because, like I said, the passing is what really impresses me. The connective passing and uh, you know the, the reads, but also the ability to throw and even try some of the passes he tries. Um, so I think that he's definitely good enough offensively to uh, bring maybe you know eight to ten minutes a game here or there. Not your solution long term, I don't think. But I, I think he's been a lot more impressive because I watched him last summer league. I think I see clear differences in the game just kind of slowing down for him in year two versus year one. Summer league doesn't mean much. I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything. If a guy looks really good in summer league compared to looking really bad, I mean, we put stock in that, right? If a guy scores 30 points, that's better than him scoring three points. It might not be the end of the world. It might not totally tell us if he's going to be a great player one day, but like there are various outcomes in summer league. It's not all one, right? right? It's not all the same thing. It matters to a degree. Well, Mamu looking pretty darn good last night and looking comfortable and looking confident in the summer league, that tells me something. That means he's progressing. That means he's becoming more comfortable. I remember a couple of summers ago, and I brought this up at the beginning of the show, so if you were listening at 4 o'clock, I'm sorry to bring this back up, but I think it's a good example. I remember a couple of summers ago when DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown were like in their third season or going into their third year. So basically this is the end of their summer league career. They've been around the block a couple of times. They played in the summer league before they've been there, done that. So coming into summer league, we expect DJ Wilson to look head and shoulders better than most. We expect him to look confident. We expect him to be able to make some shots and do some things. Even if it doesn't mean much, I mean, come on, dude, it's your third time around in summer league. Show us something here. And he sucked. (laughs) And we're like, Oh, that doesn't bode well. This guy can't even separate himself in summer league after three years. So I, I do like to see progression. I like to see a player looking more comfortable one year than the next. We're seeing that with Mamu. If he can just eat some backup center minutes, like third string center minutes in the regular season, that's a win. The Bucks are getting some utility out of him. Finally, I was ticked. I was ticked last night. No Paolo Bancaro to play against Chet Holmgren. I think the Orlando Magic decision makers took some weird, twisted sense of joy in taking this away from us. I have no reasoning to believe that. I just, for whatever reason in my head, that's how it spits out. The the people in the Magic front office like, ooh, ESPN thought they'd put our guy on TV. No, we're going to ruin that because we hate fun. I asked Asher Lowe about that, and it makes no sense to me. It made no sense to him either. First of all, I actually don't understand the logic of we just saw enough from the guy. Let's shut him down. Like, yeah. what do you have to lose? Like, he's not, I mean, okay, injury is fine, but just get him game reps. Like, what, what's the harm? I don't really see the harm at all. Just play him like 20 minutes. What did he show you that you didn't already know about him? I mean, you just scouted him for more than a year, but had him in a pre-draft workout and, you know, interviewed him and did all this stuff, and he just showed you something you didn't already know about him? You took him number one overall? Like, we knew that was Paolo. We knew he's, like, almost a legit seven-footer. He's literally that big in person. He is massive. Um, He's bigger than Jabari, like, in person. His toes are bigger than Jabari. He literally looks taller than Jabari. He's crazy to watch in person just based on size alone. Or it's like seeing him on TV that didn't really translate to me versus seeing him in person. Um, but 
Yeah, what, what did you, like, suddenly learn about him magically? You took a number one, just play him. But I will say, it did end up creating my favorite game of the entire week so far because you had not one, but two guys that can't really get off the ground and rely on 1970s running hook shots playing together on the Magic and almost leading a comeback in St. Mary's legend Tommy Coonerty, 60 years St. Mary's walk-on, and Xavier Simpson, former Michigan Wolverine, who Badger fans will probably remember, who has now developed, uh, not, not now, he actually had it at Michigan, but that classic running hook shot. So you had two six-foot guards that can't really get off the floor, each taking turns, going at a check front line while trying to shoot running hook shots. It was a scene. It was great last night, but it wasn't the number one overall pick versus the number two overall pick on ESPN in prime time, which is what we were all expecting. And again, I don't know what kind of messed up human being you need to be to be a decision maker and to take that away from basketball fandom as a whole. Again, I'm upset about this. I'm pissed off. Let's talk more Brewers. That'll call me down. 608-796-2558. Some injury news for the Brewers. Great. It's all bad. Everything's bad. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it still kind of sucks. Tyrone Taylor experienced a setback. Yelich has a bum back. Renfro's back, but... I mean, I don't want to put this out there. The way our season's gone, someone's probably going to get hurt tonight now. Let's talk more. I'll give you an update on the Brewers, what the lineup looks like tonight, and the injury situation for some of these guys. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show, David Gasper coming up in a half hour or so from reviewing the brew. We're going to talk prospects. <laughs> I think we're going to argue a little bit. I, I actually don't think we're going to argue because I know where he's coming from. He knows where I'm coming from. We might seem like we're opposed, like he never wants to trade any prospects and I want to trade all the prospects. We're not going to fight, but it should be a really fun conversation. I'm looking forward to talking with Gasper at... 5.30. My name is Wisco Grant. Uh, that's my Twitter handle, actually. My name is Grant Bills. But you can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Give me a call or a text. 608-796-2558. Rockin' Rick. Texting in about Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is playing center tonight. Adamus to second. Bring back Arcia and Domingo Santana. Are either of them doing anything? Both guys were fun. You know what? I'm all about that, Rockin' Rick. I- I've wanted Orlando Arcia back since the day he was gone, and why not? Who knows? In today's Major League Baseball, Domingo Santana could hit 190 and hit 40 home runs. He'd he'd blend right in. Uh, The Brewers are playing Hunter Renfro in the eight hole tonight uh, and in center. Both a little unconventional. Then they had to scratch Christian Yelich with back tightness. Uh, Craig Council said Yelich felt his back grab just a half hour ago while beginning to get loose for the day. They're encouraged that it's a different spot than the low back issues that dogged him last year. Is that a good or a bad thing? I suppose it suppose it could be either. Then we got word, this is through Adam McKelvey, Tyrone Taylor had a setback. He experienced a return of concussion symptoms after a workout over the weekend. He'll do some hitting today, and there's still a chance that he plays for the Brewers in San Francisco. Before the break, Craig Council said, that's Adam McKelvey on Twitter, covers the Brewers, MLB.com, Brewers.com. This is why I want to be very careful in talking about trading Josh Hader. That's something that brings so much bad juju to your franchise. Something that can curse your franchise. This Brewers franchise already has enough issues. They're dealing with a bunch of injuries. They're dealing with bad luck. I'm not trying to heap onto that. 
I'm not trying to be the guy who comes on his show and says, we should trade Josh Hader and, and, and mess with that. That's bad moxie. That's bad karma. I want nothing to do with that. As I said at 4 o'clock, if you want to call in and bring it up, okay, well, then I'm not responsible. Uh, but that's a you thing. <laughs> you call and bring it up. I'll react to it because I don't have no, I don't have a choice. I can't censor you when you call in, right? I, I just don't want to go there. It seems like this Brewers team is so snake bit this year with injuries. Um, I'm not trying to do anything or say anything that brings bad karma to this team. I'm not going to do it. I was excited for Christian Yelich to start playing this week because now that we're about a week into July, we should get our monthly Yelich home run somewhere around here. We should be due for it. Maybe even accidentally hits a double at some point at Target Field. But if he's not going to play tonight, it's not going to happen tonight. But it's been a couple of weeks. This is about the time we're getting to getting that Christian Yelich home run. We get about one, one a month, um, never more. Uh, not usually less either. We'll normally get one. So we're in that territory. Just Jeff tweets in, says, so basically Yelich called in sick. Uh, I mean, no, they had a day off yesterday. Like, I don't I don't think he's just being lazy or sick. I think he's probably got a sore back. Um, unless you mean something else by that, Jeff. Uh, and I'm missing the joke. Could be missing the joke. Could be a me problem. But with an off day yesterday, I don't know why they'd have a reason to rest anyone uh, with an abundance of caution today. Like, I think you're only sitting a guy, especially an everyday player like Yelich. He's been a good leadoff hitter for you. I don't think you're resting him today unless something's actually wrong. So I don't think he's just pretending to be sick. I don't think he wants a day off. Uh, that wouldn't make much sense today. Uh, but the Brewers line up now that Yelich is out. Let me pull it up so we can get the big picture. Wong, Adamas, Telez, McCutcheon, Narvaez, Urias, Peterson, Renfro, and Davis. Oh, I just don't really love that outfield that much. I like Renfro being back, but Jace Peterson and Jonathan Davis could do a little better. Uh, I suppose you could do a lot worse as well, but, man, it sucks that Lorenzo Cain was as bad as he was this year and that he didn't want to keep playing, and it's just uh, outfield for as many resources as they're, they're allocating to that position in that area of the field. Seeing a lot of Jonathan Davis and Jace Peterson. Uh, which worries me. That's not how that's supposed to go. Let's take a two-minute break, come back, talk more Brewers next on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. David Gasper going to be here in 10 minutes or so. Mike in Eau Claire was giving us a ring uh, and now has stopped. Mike, call back. I'd love to talk Brewers with you. Timing's just been bad. Calling during the break. 608-796-2558. We're talking Brewers, and you can call and text me on that number. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Mike in Eau Claire. Woo! I, uh, I'm glad you're here, Mike. I thought we weren't going to be able to get connected. I was bummed. No, I was just given the commercial break. I call. I misjudged, mistimed it. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I but do it all the time. What's going on? You, you are the king of analogies. I love listening to your analogies, and I got one for you. Mm-hmm. I love the Brewers stew. They are a stew that you you want to cook it all day. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been cu- we've been coming home in September and October to burnt stew. It was done at lunch. It, there's, we might, we could 
maybe have another chunk of meat in there. I understand the trades requests, but I don't think we need to. If we could trade some prospects and get a Frankie Montas or a, you know another bat, maybe. I know people don't like trading the prospects, but I just I really like the stew, and I think it's cooking right. And if we can get you know Freddie back in time for the playoffs and get our pitchers back and fully healthy. If everyone's fully healthy going into August, I think that's the best recipe for a, a perfectly cooked stew come playoff time. Wow. So you're saying, I, I like the temperature part of this. Are you saying in previous seasons, maybe the, the brewers have been cooking the stew a little too hot and it burns and it, yes. and it uh, <laughs> I see. June, July, June, July. They, they, they had the temp set on June and July. No, no, no. We need the temp set on October. <laughs> you know me, I, I'm a slow cooker man. I love a slow cooker meal. You know, the longer, the better. I, you know, some days I wish I would get up at 4 a.m. to throw the stuff in the slow cooker instead of starting at 8, you know, when I normally leave it. The more time, the better. I, I agree. I, The fact that the brewers haven't looked amazing yet, it doesn't really worry me because July really doesn't matter all that much. If the division was tough and they needed to win more games, that'd be different, but they don't. So I'm, I'm not going to get bent out of shape about this, Mike. And I do understand some people like it. I, I, looking at our lineup and looking at our stuff before the season started, I expected a little more. I did. But, you know, I, I love how our, your conversations have went in baseball as a slow burn. I think it's hopefully we can be the Nationals, that team. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Braves, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The teams that have beaten the Brewers in the past, of course. How could we how could we forget about those teams? Yeah, Mike, I love the analogy. I appreciate that. Keep them coming. I will. Talk to you later, man. Mike in Eau Claire. Um Mike Mike's last name comes up on uh on caller ID, and I really want to make a joke about it, but I but I can't. Because I don't want to say it might not even be his last name. It's just what the uh the caller ID is. So it, it might even not be his name. I really want to make a joke about his name. I want to make a reference that all Brewers fans would love. But I can't do it out of respect to the caller. Brett and Lacrosse. Brett, your last name comes up on here as well, but I, I, I can't think of a joke or a reference offhand for it. So I'm not struggling with your oh, name. It, it's fine. I mean, you just Brett the man. It's no big deal. Yeah, just Brett. Brett, Brett the, the, guy, the fella yeah. from Lacrosse. What's going on today, Brett? Oh, nothing, nothing. I just wanted to call because I heard you this morning on on Bill Michaels because, of course, course, Bill's taking his fourth vacation of the summer already. I want to get invited to Bill's. I don't know if it's a lake house or, you know what, I don't don't need to go to his vacation home. I want to go to his tiki bar. I want to sit out at the tiki bar and watch a brewery. Oh, my gosh. Well, unless he leaves the grill on and ruins it. He did that last year. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah, he used, it, he used it in the spring and accidentally left it on, and he went to check, and it was like 125 or 325 degrees in his tiki bar. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't good. Not the Traeger, I hope. Those are those are spendy. Those are nice girls. I know he has oh, a Traeger. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man, this must be uh, Brian Simpson in front of me. I got a little motorcycle, a 95.7 rock truck. Oh, I'm sure it is Brian Simpson. You going to the rock stop? Oh, nope. I am not. I'm actually running to Quick Trip just to get milk for dinner. No big deal. Mm, well, that sounds nice. Speaking of Bill Michaels, make sure, um, make sure you get one of those hey. delicious take-home dinners. Bill, you know, Bill's always talking no, about No, I am actually, I'm going to uh, the tobacco outlet one because that's where we live, right by it. 
and I tried to get all the cigars from the cigar dinner that we talked about you should have been invited to. Yeah. They don't carry the whole pack. They carry, like, one individual. I'm like, well, it'd be nice. I'd, I'd pay $35 for the five cigars they got included in their dinner and golf. That's why you just got to go to the cigar dinner. That's what you miss out when you dumb. miss the cigar dinner like we did. Idiots. Yeah. Well, we didn't get an invite. Just dumb. We should have both been comped. It would have been a great night. <sighs> um, okay. So here, here's the, the thought when it comes to the brewers. I, I'm going to lay on a, a better analogy for you. How about that? Okay, go ahead. So, so watching the Brewers is like getting off work and taking a run. Okay. Where you know, yeah, you're going to labor a little bit. Okay. You're going to have to do something that's not so much fun mm-hmm. with your run. Mm-hmm. But after the run... Mm-hmm. That's when you've earned your drinks and being able to sit down to watch game. Uh-huh. And that's your free time and your enjoyment. So you So the season with the Brewers is we're in the laboring section right now. We're we're on the, the Grant Bills last night run. Did you see me running last night? No, you said on the radio that you were gonna get off work and go for a run and listen to a podcast. <laughs> And I thought it was the dumbest thing you could do. I, I I'm listening to you. I'm like, damn, this is my night to a T exactly because it, yeah, was, it no. was it was difficult. It was hard, and I did get home, and I I did have a beer, which I normally don't do, but I have yeah, so much beer I mean, in the house. If, I had to get rid of stuff. If you're gonna go on a run, you don't listen to a podcast. You listen to something that's gonna pump you up. You listen to a little Eminem or Dr. Hey, Dre. Wait, wait, Take off. hey, what what gets you pumped up more than the Bill Simmons trade value chart? On that podcast, I mean, that gets me more jacked than any song could ever that's, get me. Is that that's the ESPN one that has Rodgers in one? No, that I think it's on the Ringer. Him and Ryan Rosillo. Okay, well, that's the thing. I, if Rodgers was one, yeah, I'd be pumped up. I might take a hundred yard dash or something. So who knows? The the other part of your analogy, and if you run, you might get this right. Running is hard, and it does suck sometimes. But it's also, I think, every time I'm glad I did it. Right. There is an there's an enjoyment I get from it, even if it doesn't always feel good in the moment. And that's watching the Brewers. Right. There might be tough moments. There might be annoying innings. Yeah. There might be annoying games. But in a grand sense, I like it. I like sports. So I think that this is a, a good analogy. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I ran cross country growing up. So oh, I love it. So I I'm right there with you. Uh, you couldn't tell anymore. Uh, I'd be more of a, a a rustler type. Actually, I looked at my company's website today because they just updated it, mm-hmm. and they updated our bios, and they never asked me for a bio. And what they put was that I'm overly competitive at board games, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I am. I'm just a competitor. Uh, but the the second thing they put, rather than, hey, he, he's been in the mortgage industry or whatever for so long, they put, he never turns down a taco. <laughs> do you, that, that is my bio as I am a mortgage lender across the country. It remind it reminds me of I don't know if you've ever watched Everybody Loves Raymond, the episode where Marie wrote the Christmas letter for everyone and the only thing she wrote about Frank was his love affair with bacon continues. And that was the only yeah. thing that he had. In the and middle. everybody else is like they have experience, they're a veteran, they're this, oh. they're that. Nope. I'm overly competitive at board games, and I never turn down a taco. What's your favorite board game? Which one really gets you going? I don't like any of them. <laughs> really? You're just competitive? Yeah. Oh, so they made it just up. You're not a board game guy. 
Yeah, I mean, is is presidents and a holes a board game? Oh, I would crush! Oh my God, I would crush everyone in that game. I love the game, yeah. Peanut. We see. I was I was a lifeguard. I was, I was a lifeguard back in the day, and in the break room, we would just whip games of PA around the table. Um, oh, 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 what a good time! Oh, it was a good time. Uh, yeah, Brett, that's something to motivate you to run, right? Yeah. There. Uh, before I let you play, go, play I, a game afterwards. Yeah, I got to get to Gasper. Uh, just know that Packers training camp starts in two weeks, and I'm going to need some. Uh, some bold preseason predictions out of you. I know yeah, you have some, it's good. some connections I'm, I'm working on it, but my, my that. brother that works there, there he's go. he's at Disney right now. So he okay. just did his drink around the world at Epcot yesterday Okay, uh, and let me know how well it went compared to mine three weeks ago. So uh, You are competitive. Cool. Listen to you. You and your brother or cousin yeah. or whoever. So I'll get, I'll get you some Packer stuff as soon as he gets home and starts dishing it. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Just keep it on your calendar. We're getting close to Packer season, Brett. I need you. Yeah, in you've form. got it. Maybe, maybe we'll go for a run and play a little P&A afterwards. <laughs> All right, Brett. Have a good night. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye. Um, thank you, Brett. I don't even remember what we were talking about. So I, I said that Mike and Eau Claire, his, his name, his caller ID name pops up, and I, and I wanted to make a joke about it, but I didn't want to say his last name. Mike gave me the okay. He texted in. So his name on the caller ID comes up in all caps as Michael Stanton. And every time, every time that Giancarlo Stanton comes up in any conversation, I will without fail go, <laughs> remember when it used to be Mike Stanton? So the <laughs> this probably didn't live up to the hype. Uh, that I was that I was uh, giving it, but uh, Mike Stanton, now Giancarlo Stanton, Brewers fans will say that forever and always uh, until the end of time. Feels like we had a lot of games against the Marlins against Mike Stanton right up until the time where Mike Fires hit Mike Stanton in the face uh, with a baseball. Good memories, not for Mike. Maybe that's why he changed his name. Let's take a break. We'll get David Gasper on the Horn Talk Brewers coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. We're talking Brewers. My name is Grant Bills. Tweet me at Wisco Grant. We talked a lot of baseball on the Bill Michaels show earlier today, including some conversations around the 2014 Giants. And David Gasper is here. And Gasper, I know we talk about random brewers. That's a fun little thing we do. Oh, remember this guy from 2002? Remember this guy from 2009? Here's a name off the 2014 Giants. I haven't heard this name in years. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Marco Scudero. Remember that guy? Ah, yes. I, yeah, I I also read a trade today or a reaction to an older trade because it's trade season that involved Mark Trumbo or is it Mike Trumbo? Do I have that right? Uh, Mark Trumbo. Trumbo. Yes. And uh, I don't have anything to add to those names other than those reentered my brain today. And that was funny. And they made me laugh. Also, we were just talking about Giancarlo Stanton. Remember when it was Mike Stanton, Gasper? Yeah, I remember way back when. I wish I had a young child that was just getting into baseball right now so I could, like, I would make them watch Yankees games just to see Giancarlo Stanton just so I could be the old man that was like, I remember when it was Mike Stanton, and I just, I just, I wish I could do that. How are you, friend? It's been a week. What's new? The Brewers are not thriving right now. How? What do you think about that? What's life been like 
uh, at reviewing the brew over the last week? You know, it's it's been good the last week. You know, putting up uh, putting up some articles. You know, just getting a getting a lot of fun, getting into the swing of uh, trade season, draft season as well. We got the draft coming up this week, uh, starting on Sunday. Um, and I put out a little, little uh, idea yesterday that just kind of popped into my head. Uh, seemed to get some traction, of course, until he got scratched today. But put Christian Yelich in the home run derby in an attempt to for him to refine his uh his home run stroke. Um so I think the our morning show guy Nelson was talking about this months ago like hey maybe the op, maybe the opposite could work. Throw him in the derby and instead of ruining his home run swing it could fix his swing. Is there any political way to swing that? Like is there any way to get him in? Is that an invite or how does the derby work? I got to plead ignorance on this one. So so I think the Derby is more of an invite thing, um, you know, being invited to it by the league. And, you know, Yellich, with the, with the numbers he's posted this year, probably not going to get one. But, I mean, there, there are a lot of players, there are a lot of sluggers that MLB would love to have do it that always kind of decline uh, each year. So, you know, maybe if uh, enough guys decline, Yellich will be able to sneak in there. Maybe he can ask for it. I don't know. But I think you have to be invited by MLB. Okay, well, maybe we can find another avenue. I, I was saying it's a bummer that he's out tonight because we've we've reached that period now where we're about due for a Yelich home run. We get about one a month, and it's been about a month, so we're approaching, you know, maybe he'd accidentally even hit a double or something at Target Field, you know, something wild. I get he's been great as a leadoff hitter, but I still got to still gotta take those shots every once in a while. We're going to talk some prospects today, Gasper. Um, my new thing is that I am willing to trade just about everyone because this is our window. And in 2008 and in 2011 and in all these other years, I've been scared. You know, I don't trade Keston here for Manny Machado. I'm, you know, the future, I'm worried about it. I'm, I'm ready to be done worrying about the future. We're the Brewers. We've never been good. Most of the, the history of this franchise has been really bad. This is our time and we should make the most of it. So that's at least where I'm coming from. That's where my heart is. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, it, may, it makes sense where you're coming from. I mean, I don't think it should be uh, selling anybody and everybody and, and sell the entire farm because, I mean, the, the only issue is you can't guarantee a World Series. You know, with, with any one trade or even a couple of trades that you make, you can't guarantee that you're going to get there, that you're going to win one. Um, you know, it, it can be a variety of different approaches at the deadline. Sometimes it's one superstar. Sometimes it's making four or five trades, uh, four or five smaller ones. I mean, the Braves last year completely remade their outfield at the trade deadline, and they ended up winning it all. They didn't get any superstar guys, but they got like three or four dudes uh, that ended up helping them out down the line. So, you know, there, there's a variety of different ways that it could work. There's no exact science to, to making a World Series appearance, but it's uh, it's going to be an interesting strategy by Stearns to see which way he goes, but it, it's going to have to be a couple of different guys. I mean, there's there's no superstar out there for them to get. So, and I talked about this with Ben Kenny earlier today. I was doing the afternoon show. Here's here, here's my response to that, because Ben said, well, you know, even if you wanted to, to really go for it and trade one of these top prospects, there's no superstar available. Yes and no. I, I think we underestimate the drive that some of these owners have to be cheap and to be bad. Like so many owners really have no interest in being good. And that is an asset to a GM that's looking to add a player to help them compete, right? You have most of the league to try to pick all of those bones to try to pick clean. You're telling me that no big name superstar that we're not thinking about right now, isn't going to come available in the next three weeks. I have a hard time believing that. 
I don't think so. I mean, there, there's just so many guys that it's that it's not really in the interest of those teams to to move them. Like, I mean, uh, Brian Reynolds is one of the names everyone likes to throw around, and you know, even before uh, the Pirates were not really inclined to trade him. You know, now that they're kind of getting at least somewhat closer uh, to competing and he's got a few more years of control. Now he's on the IL with an oblique issue. So, you know, and how long that could take him, that could probably take him through the deadline and he's not going to be available at the trade deadline. I mean, other than that, you know, who are the the big names? Luis Castillo of of the Reds? Is that really kind of about it? There's not going to be that many, you know, maybe there's a surprise one or two names that might be in there, but, I don't think any are going to be like a true impact player where, oh, this team got this one guy, now they're World Series favorites. I always think of Manny Machado in 2018. You know, if if a guy like that were to come available this year or next, I'll, I'll jump at it, right? And I think previously, I don't want a rental. I don't want, I've never been interested in that in the past. I'm a rental guy now. I think I would be a rental guy this year or next if they have the opportunity. So that's another shift, an ideology shift that I'm having. I'm just seeing a very defined two-year window here, Gasper, with all of these arms and with Josh Hader. And I really want to make the most of this. I know you can't guarantee a World Series, but I I don't want to leave options on the table. I don't want to come up short in the playoffs knowing that we didn't do everything we could to try to get it done. Right. And uh, I mean, that's where it comes down to the trade deadline and the guys that are there and, and trying to make the moves that, that make the both, that make the most sense, both in the short term and in the long term. Uh, you don't want to sell the, the entire future, but you got to sell some pieces in order to get, uh, players that can help the team out right now. Uh, and they're going to do that. I mean, I, I think I remember seeing a week or so ago or a couple of days when Mark Adnazio was on. Uh, TV getting interviewed and he's like, Oh, we got people saying we need a bat. We need a starting pitcher. We need a bullpen arm. And I'm like, Hey, how about all three? And it's like, yeah, how about all three? How about making a, a, a couple of moves here, you know, to really kind of fortify this roster that really kind of yeah. seems to need it uh, as we're going, as we're going through here. You know, what's frustrating is they invested so much into this outfield. And I look at a lineup card again today and I see Jace Peterson and Jonathan Davis. Like that's that's so frustrating to know that they put so many resources into that one specific position group and I'm still seeing replacement level guys. And I like Jace Peterson. I he's fine, but it's not what you expect when you invest all this money and all these assets into the outfield. And then Colton Wong, it's like, well, we invest all the money in this guy because we think he's going to be an anchor point to our defense and he's been anything but. In fact, I'm getting to the point, Gasper, where I don't even think the Brewers at this point would pick up Colton Wong's $10 million player option for next year. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I've been at that point as well. I mean, it's kind of looking at how both his defense and his offense has really gr- regressed this year. I mean, last year he was great, great leadoff hitter, great defense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, yeah, it should be a no-brainer to pick up that option. But this year it is weird how he's regressed so far defensively. You know, it's one thing for the offense to go down. It's like, okay, that can kind of fluctuate, but the defense should be constant. So it's really surprising to see him struggle that way. Uh, but, yeah, especially for $10 million for next year, I could definitely see them uh, declining that option. And then you have a guy like Bryce Terang, who is pretty much ready in AAA, and he's blocked the shortstop, but he can play second base. Uh, and then that can that can fill that hole there and do pretty much the same job as, as Colt Wong. I think so, too. Um, I'm also not completely against the idea that Colton Wong, after missing him some time with injuries, could be a different player in the second half of the season. That's my hope. I hope that for a lot of these guys. We're talking with David Gasper, reviewing the brew. Okay, prospects. 
Um, here's my issue with prospects. Uh, ben Kenny called himself a prospect sexual on the Bill Michaels show today. He loves it, right? I don't hate them. Here's my issue. There always seems to be an untouchable guy. Like every time the Brewers go to make a move, I'm told by folks like you who cover the minor leagues, all right, you can make a move, but you can never include this guy. And then a couple, you know, a couple months later, it's this guy. And then the next year, it's th- there's always that guy. And it always feels like there's this obstacle to the Brewers making the move that will actually make the difference. I don't have anything against Jackson Churio. It's like there can't always be an untouchable prospect in your system. And yet that's what I'm always hearing. So that's that's where I'm getting hung up with the prospects. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of seem to, to go that way. There's always someone that's that's kind of off limits or that has extremely high value. Typically, it's your top guy, and Jackson Trio has certainly rocketed up to that spot over the last two months, two and a half months. Um, but I, I feel like this one is a little bit different than, than some of the other guys, than a guy like Garrett Mitchell or uh, Sal Freelich or Bryce Terang or Ethan Small. It's, it's a little bit different than those guys. I was listening to uh, Baseball America had their uh, midseason prospects uh, podcast go up today, and they had a section in there, and, and they were talking about you know seeing Churio and what scouts and other people in the industry are are seeing of Churio and what they think of him, uh, and they have him graded so highly, like like this is so much higher than any of the other prospects in, in recent years that the Brewers have had. And they mentioned him as a potential next number one overall prospect in baseball, that he could be the next in line to Wander Franco and Ronald Acuna Jr. and Juan Soto and Vlad Guerrero Jr. And those, those are your superstars. If you want a World Series, you want guys like that carrying your team. The, the Vladdies, the Acunas, the Sotos, the Francos. You want guys like that leading your franchise if you're going to get to a World Series. And if you have him right there already in your system, it makes sense to keep him around. So that's where I'm at you know, with, with him just kind of keeping him for sure staying put um, because you don't want to end up like the White Sox who traded – a young teenage Fernando Tatis Jr. in order for to get big games, big game James Shields in order to help their postseason cause. And then Shields didn't help them get to the World Series. They did not get to the World Series. And then they lost Fernando Tatis Jr. And now look at them. You had to use that example, didn't you? That was somebody brought up that example. I had to use it. Yeah, but then, but then, circle of life conversation, circle of life point. I got to make here and, and react to this. But then the White Sox turn around a couple years later. They flip Quintana for a bunch of amazing prospects, and they're don't these things have a way of balancing out? I, I mean, I guess look, great prospects is one thing. Great, great, great prospects like Tatis or another. But I, I don't know. I don't know. The, the dude, the Brewers need to win a World Series. They need to make a let's say make a World Series, and until they do that, I. I feel like they should just be a little bit more aggressive and operate a little differently because they're at this point historically as a franchise where they got to make this happen and they have a chance to make it happen right now. I guess that's why I'm frustrated. I actually don't think we disagree that much, Gasper, but I knew we'd want to talk prospects today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they do need to make that move. They, they do need to be able to take it up there. And I, I've been seeing a lot on social media, you know, who are just kind of, you know, complaining. It's just like, we need to get there. And it's like, this this team isn't it. I'm like, it's July. I mean, we still got plenty of time to go. We're, we're not even at the trade deadline yet. 
a lot can happen between now and then. And really, like, yeah, maybe they're not hot now and you don't see it now. But as you get into September and October, if these guys are rolling, then they absolutely could be. It's all really just kind of a matter of, of being being there in the right position and getting hot at the right time. And, you know, even though it, it stunk to watch, losing the, the two series against the Cubs and the Pirates in July isn't going to change how they could be in October. Thank you for that, by the way. I'm glad we could land on a uniting note because I agree with that totally, 100%. Thank you. Uh, and maybe we agree to disagree on who could be traded and who not. I, I'm coming around. I'm seeing your your way here, but that's an overarching point I want to make with the Brewers this week. Okay, uh, random Brewers. Uh, so yeah. m- m- mine, I, let me go first because I, I maybe have bend the rules on how this is supposed to work. I'm, I'm being political with mine because I'm, I, I chose a player to make a point to fit our conversation here. Um, he played for the Brewers. He came up in their system, made his major league debut on September 3rd, 2008, and last appeared in the majors on May, tw- on May 1st, 2012, also for the Milwaukee Brewers, before then bouncing around to the minors for a couple different teams. Once regarded as one of the best prospects in baseball. Do you know who I'm talking about? Not off the top of my head. Matt Gamble. And... The reason reason I bring him up is just to illustrate, even when you think you have a can't-miss prospect, and we spent a lot of time talking about Matt Gamble, like he used up a lot of space in Brewers conversations for years and ultimately never did much of anything. Even when you think you have the sure thing, you don't always have a sure thing. So that's why I I brought up Matt Gamble as my random Brewer today. A little lesson and a little fun. Yeah, well, uh, injuries just kind of really derailed his whole chances. Finally gets a chance to be a... Be a starter a month in, boom, blows out the knee. Yep. Terrible. Yep. You never know. You can never make it. awful anything. for the guy, truly. Yeah, it did stink. That sucks. All right, who do you got? I think, I think I remember he came back that next spring training and blew it out again. He did. All right. Um, yeah. So, for me, I've got a uh, guy from 2003 and 2004. Going back, going back then, he was... Shohei Otani before <laughs> Shohei Otani. Oh, do you know where I'm going? Um, man. Well, I'd say Gallardo, but that's before Gallardo. Uh, no, I do not. No, no, no. Two way, two way guy. Interesting. No, I don't know. We're talking the the big guy, the the big Texan himself, Brooks Kieschnick. <laughs> oh, yes. In 2003, he hit 300 with seven homers in 70 at bats and had a 149 OPS plus <laughs> while also pitching. And he, he appeared in 42 games out of the bullpen, pitched 53 innings, and had a solid 5.26 ERA. So that wasn't that great. But in 2004, he came back and had a 3.77 ERA in 32 games. So came back pitching better that year and also hit 270 that season with another home run. So, and I believe I recall him DHing at some point. I'm like, as, as a pitcher, he was, he was our designated hitter one time up in uh, Minnesota, I believe it was. Dude, this is why I love this segment is because we're talking about Brooks Kieschnick in the year of our Lord. Brooks Kieschnick, man, throwing <laughs> it back. 
Oh, always the Shohei Otani of 2003. Why do all these guys have a soul patch? It was the same with Matt Stairs last week. <laughs> By the way, I watched so many Matt Stairs highlights. It was unbelievable because of that conversation. He had so many highlights, so many big home runs. Ah, oh, that dude could it was, just... It was amazing. That dude could just hit. Okay, Gasper, I've kept you too long. Brooks Kieschnick, Matt Gamble... I think we came together a little bit about how we feel about the viewers' future and prospects. This was productive. This was good. Thank you for the time, as always. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Take care. That is David Gasper reviewing the brew. Brooks Kieschnick. Shut up. I'm looking at pictures of this guy. The early 2000s was the heyday for the goatee and the soul patch. Uh, His Twitter picture is a picture of him in his truck. Uh, This guy is... Now a pillar of the show. That's how the segment works. Let's take a break. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. couple of minutes it's been a fun show heard a little bit from asher Lowe in the first hour david gasper one of the best analogies that's ever been heard on this program from mike in eau claire talking about the slow cooker talking about a stew um oh, i'm just too curious to not take this call eric on i-90 eric we have 60 seconds what's up 60 seconds. I don't know if we can cover it in 60 seconds. Okay, well, tell me what you want to talk about, and we'll get to it tomorrow. Can you give me a tease? Well, did you get my text? Uh, no. Yes, I, yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, but it, it doesn't make any... I, I don't know what this means. Now, see, I know you talk... So it's a want to shoot a clan, right? Yeah. <laughs> And you were trying to think of a name for your band, right? Oh, so this is a band name suggestion. Yes, it's a band name suggestion. Okay, Eric, we can talk more about this tomorrow. Uh, Have a good night. I just, see, I had to see what was up. See, Eric, you called a day later when the show's over in two minutes. I'm sorry, but yeah, we can talk more about it tomorrow. Uh, Were we talking about band names yesterday? I don't remember anything from yesterday. I don't normally remember anything from most things. Not the best memory. Uh, Eric, call back tomorrow. I want to have a nice long conversation. It's been a while. Caught up with Brent Lacrosse earlier today. Heard from Mike. David Middleton has been making his presence felt on the network the last week or so. Uh, we can chat tomorrow, Eric. Feel like every time I talk to you, we never have enough time, which is uh, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, really. Brewers twins tonight. Enjoy the game. Summer league action as well. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about it starting at four. 